Hey, bestie. What's up, girl? Hey, does anyone ever ask you, like, oh, I heard you do a podcast. What's that witty and gritty podcast all about? Yeah, okay, so I usually spit out this robotic sentence that's, we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful and fulfilling lives. So that's usually what I say, but I'm also monotone. Y'all know this. And so it's just like, so Farron, what does that mean? Yes. Well, my response is not as fancy, even (laughs) though I've heard you say that lots of times I should know by now, but essentially I explain that we help people grow in their Christian lives and through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. So we're book study experts and we know how to analyze, pull apart and take that through the Christian lens, and that's kind of what we do here. And so then sometimes people are like, yeah, you're self-help books, and they might be mainstream, but we are always sure to bring it back to God and the biblical view. Right, so whether you see a secular book or something that a Christian author's written, just know that when you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's your little bonus if you stick around through the series, which yeah. I hope you will. Yay! Here we go! Episode 167 of How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. Yes, and we are in <laughs> part four, also lovingly known as parkour. <laughs> because extreme walking doesn't sound as cool as parkour. It even I takes place it. in parks. Yeah. <laughs> extreme, walking. extreme walking in the park. It's like Buzz Lightyear. That's also too long. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear. Falling with style. (laughs) Parkour. Got it. So parkour, part four. Parkour is all about how to lead change without resistance and resentment. So again, if you're getting into a new role or if your kid is in a new role and they have a new leader or they're the new leader, again, all skills you need for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So chapter five is going to be about mitigate faults. And six, magnify improvement. Mm, look at that. Starts with two M's. He must be a preacher. Eminem. Oh, I forget that you love Eminem. I do, and some people might not understand. I like I, Eminem's. Okay, so I have a love for all sorts of music. Yes, you do. And Jacob has always thought it was odd. You might think it's odd, but you haven't told me to my face. <laughs> um, but Morgan what I, is the same. Like his shuff, If he hits shuffle on Pandora, it's going to be... What are we listening to? My love is for the emotion in it Mm -hmm. and that it brings out emotion in me, whether that not necessarily, even if it's a negative song, I just love, like you can, when you can feel the artist's heart and soul into it. So do I agree with the things that Eminem raps about? No. What I love is that energy and you can feel his heart and soul and passion both Sometimes it's upbeat, sometimes it's down and dark, sometimes it's just heartbroken. And that transcends all genres of music. Mm. So that is why... Does it transcend monotone voices? Do people feel my heart and passion? I'm trying to think of someone... <laughs> gonna ride my horse. What is that? Yeah, take my horse to the... No, see, he says it pretty monotone. Or there's, don't tell my heart. See, there is monotone that can convey emotion. Well, what are we talking about You won't about find today? it here. <laughs> <laughs> Say monotone. it with a smile. Okay, mitigating fault, saving face. Mm-hmm, yes, which is important for all people. That's not saying ignore things, but you're not going to humiliate someone either. That's not what a good 
boss slash leader does. I have someone close to me whose boss would intentionally humiliate people in meetings, like on a leadership team would intentionally humiliate people in the room to their peers. That's awful. Yeah. So needless to say, that person is, my close person is out of that profession and is thriving elsewhere. So that is Awesome. I'm glad they don't have to deal with that. Yes. Man, ew. Ew, very gross. I think in order to be good at helping somebody save face while also addressing the issue if need be is trying to understand their intentions behind it, which I think relates back mm-hmm. to the previous chapter about yeah. asking questions, but also taking a second before responding and sometimes it's like in the moment and it's happening all fast. And so I'll even feed them a reason that they may have done that. And they're like, oh, yes, that is why I made that choice. <laughs> uh-huh, not for any other. Just to help them save face. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but um, trying to assume the good in people sometimes mm-hmm. is one way to get better at that skill if that is not one you yeah. And that goes back to that love and respect book we've mentioned throughout this whole podcast forever about knowing their heart and their intentions, there's probably not someone who is just maliciously trying to ruin your company, unless they're a spy, I guess. But, you know, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah, even with siblings, too. That whole did it on purpose versus accident thing. Yes, yes. You know, at first, I feel like young children, everything that they, if they ever get hurt, the person must have done it on purpose. Yeah. And realizing that, like, hey, it was an accident, and the way I do that, is by pointing out the next time they accidentally crash into someone, they're coming around the stairs corner and, yeah. you know, she shoved me down. Well, it wasn't on purpose. Y'all can't see each other. They're just both power walking. It's fine. Yeah. They're parkour. <laughs> Extreme walking <laughs> in our house. <laughs> what y'all doing in there? Parkour, mom. Leave me alone. No, but I then I use that situation once everyone's calm and rational to say, hey, remember that other time that, you know, you told someone it wasn't an accident? Well, this was and... You saw how it truly was an accident when you inflicted pain on someone mm-hmm. else. So using those moments intentionally. Yeah, there's a book called Forgive and Remember, and it's about medical mistakes. So, uh, yes, failure's going to happen, but you've got to be able to forgive yourself because we know you're not malpracticing unless you're Dr. Death. Yikes. Uh, among other bad people in the world. But, again, that's the minority. The majority of people who are in the medical profession want to help people but sometimes they're going to they're going to fail at stuff but they're going to need to remember that moment so they know how to do better next time or how oh I've come across this situation before let me draw back on my knowledge and apply the wisdom here so the whole forgive and remember concept uh, it, the goal is to help individuals achieve accountability while managing the existential problem of failure a demoralizing inner battle for anyone so you're You might be holding on to the shame or guilt of whatever happened instead of moving forward and pressing on through it and recalling on a time so you don't make the same error. I think sometimes we want to address the mistake so they won't make it again. And we want to call it out or make it a big enough deal to Mm -hmm. convey the severity of it. However, you could be doing the opposite. That word resilience really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. So let's pause a second. Resilience is the difference in ways people respond to failure. So while you are trying to um, convey the importance of this 
error and so they won't make it again and so on and so forth, you could be doing more uh, damage below the surface than mm-hmm. you realize. And instead we want to, by helping them save face in that moment and all the like secondary consequences that come out with uh, feedback and correction, we can build resilience by in the moment saving face and circling back around to the correction and feedback at a later time. Yeah, there's even, there's several steps outlined for you, nice and neat if you get the book, about what to do when this kind of thing happens. So acknowledge that the failure happened. We're not going to sweep it under the rug. We're not going to let the same mistake happen again, either at greater cost. I mean, it'll be greater cost either because it's compounding or just a, a bigger risk the next time. Encourage dialogue to foster trust. Again, creating that environment like we've talked about in past episodes. Separate the person from the failure. Mm. I think this is pivotal Mm -hmm. because Enneagram ones already beat themselves up enough. So when you also tell me, it's just further validating what I'm already telling myself, which isn't good. Yeah, I did that last night. Uh, Gabby was kicking sister because she was sitting on the very corner of her blanket. How dare she? And I I was like wanting to say, that's bad. We don't hit. And instead... I said, you are a good girl. Good girls do not kick their sisters. Question, why are you kicking your sister? And her immediate reaction was kind of remorse like, I didn't mean to hurt my sister. She was just on my blanket and I don't want her on it. So totally different response, but her identity, you are a good girl. Mm -hmm. Good girls don't kick sisters. Instead of saying, you're bad. We don't kick. Don't be a bad girl. Well, mm-hmm. I've just told her I, her identity is that she's right. a bad girl. Right. And that's not what we want them to yeah, internalize. And that, goes, and that goes back to addressing the noble motives like we talked about in previous episodes. Look at this full circle. Another one of the steps is learn from your mistakes. Obviously, that should go without saying, but sometimes people need it. Or like, okay, hey, remember we were about to approach the same kind of milestone or point again. Uh, how, are, how do we want to approach it? We know what doesn't work. So let's go from there. And with Gabby, uh, it was, did you tell her or ask her to get off your blanket? To communicate. No. Okay, so maybe next time we could ask them to move and not kick them. Right. So, (laughs) yes. People aren't mind readers, turns out. No Edward Cullens here. (laughs) And then create a risk-taking and failure system. Uh, It's... When kids grow up in school, they're taught to like take risks, fail, that's how you learn. And then all of a sudden we get into the workforce and mistakes are bad, you can't ever make them. But if you have a, a certain punishment system in place, your company's not going to become more innovative, creative, or grow like you need it to because you, the way you have set up the system. People aren't going to take chances. I thought it was pretty amazing. Again, lots of great stories in here, but... Sir Richard Dyson. I didn't know he was a sir until this moment. Well, what's the equivalent to sir? Lady? <laughs> lady, do ladies get you. knighted? I don't know. Oh. They I'm, should. Nah, yeah, I'll be a <laughs> sir. <laughs> Anyways, I did not know this fact about him that he produced more than 5,000 prototypes before bringing his first product to market. 5,000. That's so many. <laughs> That's a lot of thousands. If it was dollars, I would take that. And now it's like the biggest vacuum company ever. Yeah. Man. 5,000. So I'm just trying to think of at what point would I have given up? <laughs> but at the same time, if he had a passion and gifting 
and skill set for it and God has called him to do it, then you press on until the light comes on. So whether if that's writing a book or starting a business or whatever, if you're passion, gifting, talent, and God nudges all towards that, go get your 5,000 mess ups. 5,001 might be the one for you. Don't you side eye me. (laughs) (laughs) All the side eyes. Okay, same thing with Walls of Jericho. What if they would have stopped on the sixth lap? Yeah. What the heck? Mm. Just saying. We wouldn't know the story. We, you know? <laughs> maybe, wouldn't, maybe wouldn't not. Wouldn't have made the cut in the Bible. <laughs> maybe, they're like, well, well, this is a terrible example. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry. If you read the Bible, they left a lot of terrible examples in there. I like this quote. A primary difference between ordinary and extraordinary people is how they perceive and respond to failure. Here's the kicker. A good leader can influence which camp we fall into. Wow. That's because we all have the potential to go yeah. either way. That is why this chapter is in the book. I feel like, you know, it's not just saving face for popularity or for people to mm-hmm. like them. Again, the underlying message in here is building resilience in those you influence. So you how you respond to their failure or behaviors is gonna push them, is gonna be a vote for them to be their, you know. Resilient or not resilient? Yeah, it makes me think of the movie, we've said it before, Meet the Robinsons, when he's like, you failed, and how did you fail today? And you've mentioned this too, I guess sitting around the dinner table, who is it, some famous person, and they had to come to the table at dinner every night and be ready to say something that they failed at. Not in a negative way, but like, yeah, I thought seven plus one was nine, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kindergarten math's hard. That's how the dad (laughs) measured effort was... They better be ready mm-hmm. to share how they failed at least once that day. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was a pretty pretty neat concept. But yeah, I don't remember the book. I'm sorry, people. Go read all the ones we've remember read. Remember every <laughs> Go back and listen to all 167 episodes to see where we mention it because Farron will cite the source. I'm sure it's somewhere in there. I want to guess the Grit series. That's that my guess. That sounds about right. Yeah. I'd say so. Well done. 19 <laughs> through 25, people. You only have to listen to a few episodes. I was going to say. Uh, I don't have the numbers, but surely <laughs> both does. I like how he just lines it out easy again. So acknowledge that the mistake was made. Do it gently. So it's not bombarding, kicking doors in. You did this. Again, that would be more of the humiliation category. Recognize and address your own role, your own role, even if it's minor. Like, hey, my job, again, is to coach and build up the program and lead you in a way that you can be successful too. And we learn through trial and error, right? So that's a common humanity experience. And moving forward, fill in the blank. Focus on what was gained, recognize and address. Oh, I already said that. So focus on what was gained, and then when appropriate, to do so without making others culpable, address the issue from a broad perspective. So once you do get in the big meeting, because you can't really wait for your quarterly meeting to address something that needed to be addressed in January. Yeah, absolutely. And I recognizing your own role. I realize that sometimes I think I've communicated it really clearly. Mm-hmm. And the breakdown isn't in my kids not wanting to do something and just not doing it, I didn't communicate it really well. Or um, even in my job being a reading trainer, reading specialist, if you will, sometimes I thought I explained it clearly, but apparently I haven't. Mm-hmm. And so I instantly take responsibility for that. That's one way to help the qu- person who's asking the cl- question to save face, especially if I know I just said it and maybe mm-hmm. they weren't listening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say... Well, if you were paying attention, I just said, 
Yeah. Instead, it's like, oh my gosh, such a great question. I don't know that I explained that very clearly. So thank you for the opportunity to explain it Mm -hmm. further. And so they save face and you also aren't throwing yourself on, like you don't want to die on a sword that wasn't yours to die on. Because then if someone else, they're, they're not, you're not fostering an environment where they can come to you and ask. Yeah. Because you would rather them get it right than have to backtrack and create not a very healthy environment. So also side note, try to explain things in a way that cannot be misunderstood. So if that means say it 10 times, 10 different ways, do it. Because that's your job as the leader. Which I think we could drop this reminder every episode. Be careful what you put in emails and text messages. Oh, yeah. Not because you're trying to be shady, but, you know, how's it going to hold up in a court of law? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how's it going to be perceived when read from someone else? Tone or body language or any of that. Absolutely. When you can, face-to-face. When you can't, Zoom. (laughs) Face-to-face. FaceTime. Try to find a way to see their face somehow or at least then get to hear your voice say it that takes us to chapter six magnify improvement magnify improvement notice how that doesn't say perfectionism mm-hmm. although can i just say i really admire people that get perfect attendance mm. i don't know how you do it it's not me i don't know that i ever got it uh no uh, i think uh, this goes back to the atomic habit mini series episodes 103 through 101 where every, <laughs> it's because we said one on one when that episode came about. That's where I also talk about someone of the three oh, yeah. of us. That's right. Having... That's the only episode number I remember. <laughs> oh, well, if you want to party, go to one one one. Anyway, no idea what I was saying. Oh, yes. Yeah, so every day you're, you're, you're moving in the direction, you're moving in a direction. So is it for the better or for the worse? So whenever you see someone ooching in the right direction, praise them for it. Everybody loves positive reinforcement, whether they will say that out loud or not. No yawning. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I do have high expectations. I feel like for the most part, I communicate them in a loving yet high expectation kind of way. Mm. The thing that I make a promise to both myself and the person is the second I see a step in the right direction, you're going to get showered in praise. And that second step, you're going to get just as much praise. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it does need a taper off. We don't need a attaboy. We're doing what is expected. expected. But when I see the steps in the right direction, you're going to immediately get feedback. I think of the game like hot or colder. Mm -hmm. So if you're walking the wrong way and immediately you turn towards the object, the person will say hotter. You still might be 20 yards away, Mm -hmm. but you're headed in the the right direction. direction. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? You say hot, they take another step and you say hotter. Now they start like speed walking, Mm -hmm. parkour walking. They're parkouring. (laughs) Yes. So that's essentially my theory behind it, is I'm going to hold you to these high expectations, but man, the second you start going in the right direction and your next quite a few steps, you're going to get praise from mm-hmm. me. It's going to taper off. You're still going to get it. Then every the other... The bar gets yeah. raised. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the difference between like the having those certain set expectations versus, yes, room to grow and all that jazz versus and, and those improvements. So yes, here's the bar, and you're making improvements to get there. And once you get there, 
great, now we're not going to stay stagnant, right? We're going to move the bar. And that's when you can even have conversations about, hey, man, you did this, this, and this. You're crushing it. So what would you like to see? How would you like to grow? Absolutely. And like he did in the previous chapter, the authors of this book, uh, there are some really great steps. So steps to provide that positive feedback, deliver praise from your heart. Mm -hmm. So if it's not genuine, don't say it. Maybe wait, maybe go to someone else, especially if you have a tough student in class, a tough coworker that you really struggle to see the mm -hmm. positive. You might have to look outside yourself, have someone help you find the good. Deliver praise as soon as possible. That goes to what we were just talking about. You want them headed in the right direction. They're Especially younger kids, they're trying to figure out, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as you can give them that feedback, the better they'll be on the right course. Make praise specific. So if you just say general vague things, then it might not you know, feel like you really see them or it applies to them or that you know them. And then this one, I would put an asterisk by. Yes. It says, praise people publicly. Just know your audience. Yeah. And that's there's also a difference between like a celebratory, get them on stage, versus I'm going to tell a higher up that this person is pulling their weight. You can't lose them. They're, they're so great. Create. That, that's the same thing. Yeah. Just in two different approaches. Create a shout out section in your weekly newsletter. Oh, just for sure. at the bottom. Even. People will read it every week to see if they're on it. Yeah. Promise. And I just wrote out on the side, subtle differences make differences. So again, those little minor tweaks that you're doing to make a more positive environment or honor the improvements, that's going to make a difference. It reminds me of the 1% change from Atomic mm -hmm. Habits. Yeah. So I thought this survey was interesting. So someone surveyed 1,500 employees, and the results were 58% reported that they seldom have ever received praise from their manager. 58. That's failing grade. 76% reported that they seldom, if ever, received written thanks. And then 81% reported that they seldom, if ever, received praise in public. So it makes me think of that deposits and withdrawal concept. Sometimes people just misremember. Maybe you are doing this. But if you have the shout-out section, there is physical evidence that it's happening. If you have it written down, that's physical evidence of it happening. Even if you just sit and write five notes a week. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that'll work. I think we're in a time where it's hard to retain employees. Yes. There's everyone's hiring right now. Everyone's looking for people to stay and work. And if you are trying to keep employee retention up, then this might be an idea for you. I also thought this was really neat. So there's been a lot of military references in here too. And at one point, the sergeant goes, Sergeant, is that right? Nope, it, it's the cap same captain, Captain Abersoff. He contacted the parents of the people in his charge, and he wrote letters home to them, just singing their praises with whatever it was. And just the whole story, where like parents are calling the kids and all that jazz. It's just really cool to see it come full circle. So if there's someone else you can reach out to, or I know if someone comes up to me and just brags on Morgan... It just makes me smile, like, oh, look, he is positively impacting people. Or if someone comes up to you and says something about your kid. Mm -hmm. So if you can do that in some sort of way, that would be cool, too. Yeah. It talks about how um, encouragement can foster psychological hardiness, and we are definitely grit, coming grit, grit. 
out of this, I'm going to be positive, we're coming out of this pandemic and a lot of people have weathered quite the storm, a lot of anxiety, lots of um, just questions about self-worth and identity and loss of community and just loss in general. And so encouragement can go a really long way mm-hmm. um, and it costs nothing. You've said that yeah. phrase different times before. It costs zero dollars to yeah. encourage someone. And the Bible talks about how we're supposed to encourage people anyway. So, yay for being obedient to Jesus. And I know we've talked about it before. Like, how do you get someone to be intrinsically motivated? They're dead inside. Or they just don't. Eh. But if you can encourage them, there's a link to encouragement and intrinsic motivation of another human. So the more you can encourage, and again, not fake. Mm -hmm. It needs to be genuine and everything we've just said. But the more you can do that, the more that's going to intrinsically motivate them. They've also found that people, most people, not all, but most, are more motivated by um, positive feedback, encouragement, than they are material rewards. Yes, that is interesting. So there is that uh, appreciation languages. It's the same authors with the five love languages, but for the workplace, read it. There are some people who would rather have a gift card, but for the majority... They are going to want that encouragement. And I think people want encouragement from people they respect. Mm-hmm. Delivery matters too. Yes. Look at him with another five points in here. Again, the book is such a good visual too because you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I've got to quickly go for here. Yes, so John Carlson shares that our steps for encouragement need to be, you know, these. These are good suggestions. One, make healthy relationships a priority. So again, that's where I kind of was going with that idea that Mm -hmm. um, encouragement packs weight when it comes from somebody that you have respect for. Two, practice encouragement daily. Make it a habit, especially if you have a large group of people. How are you going to get around to everybody? You're going to have to do a little bit every day. So like you said, maybe writing five a week. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have so many people you need to write five a day. Get your Uh, captains. Yeah. Be inclusive. So I especially like to seek out the student that is the wallflower or doesn't seem to have a group of friends um, and mostly because I feel like they need that support the most. So be inclusive. Don't leave out anybody. Yeah, just because of position or personality. Four, don't let conflicts fester. Mm, we've talked about that a lot. I know. So I love there it. you go. Just a reminder. That wasn't to cut you off. No, okay. I just, <laughs> I was thinking and everything was like, ah, they've heard us say mm-hmm. it. Number five, have fun encouragement begets encouragement yes positivity is contagious Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. time flies when you're having fun (laughs) all facts all facts Farron. yep these stories are so good guys so make sure you do get a copy because there's anecdotes throughout that kind of ties everything in all pretty absolutely there's the story about a student or a kid that struggled to learn and his dad helped him and rewrote that narrative that the kid had in his own mind about his abilities and I mean not too much of a spoiler alert it's in the book for a reason he ended up learning and graduating and being successful in school top of the class but what it took was somebody being intentional about encouragement and tactful in their approach and so I work with a lot of families and students that have dyslexia and while the program and reading intervention is important, like most things in the education world or training or learning behaviors. Man, you got to have those relationships and work on the person's identity mm-hmm. and the psychological side of things. 
to help sure. them to help them learn, whether it's a behavior or academically. Yeah. Let's end on a couple of quotes. I've got one and then you've got you've got one. Tell someone that you have total faith in his ability to accomplish a goal and encourage him by highlighting all of the skills he possesses that will help him along the way. And he will practice until the dawn comes in the window in order to excel. You know, procrastination has also led me to <laughs> practice until dawn. That's not the point, Baron. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just a little side note. All right, my quote is, remember, abilities wither under criticism and blossom under encouragement. Magnify improvement and you maximize others' talents. Look at that. Yes. Mic drop. Yeah. Okay. okay. Bye. <laughs> We're really good at segues. <laughs> and sound effects, right. Yes, so that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more, and who could blame you? Brooke, <laughs> tell them where they can find us we, Monday through Friday. We have a lovely website. It's wittyandgritty.blog. You can go there. It has every mini-series ever we've done. What about the socials, Baron? Yes, we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily, but we yeah. do also have um, a Pinterest account, so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform. Yeah. Oh, also, fun fact, we release episodes every Wednesday, so you can count on us. Be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to go and find it every week. Yeah, it'll just automatically do the magic computery thingy. Thank you, technology. Go technologies and Uh, Instagrams. Yes. All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Bye.